to the CA, uh, Say Hi to Your Pets podcast. My name is Edmund. This podcast is about stuff. I don't really know what I'm doing. And this podcast, you know, I, I am going to do my best to put together something, a show. But my mind is a jumble all of the time, all of the time. And I had a previous podcast where I tried to talk about movies based on video games. And almost immediately, I delved out of that arena. I'm like, well, I feel like talking about the Cowboy Bebop live action for a while. Of which I talked about eight episodes. And I never watched the last two. Mainly because I I saw a screenshot that said, Welcome to the Ouch Motherfuckers. And after seeing that screenshot, I had no real interest in returning to that series, but maybe I will. That series had its ups and downs, mostly downs in my opinion. I remember seeing a post that said, you know, the anime by itself is a masterpiece. And the live action, you gotta think of it as its own entity. And it's enjoyable. And I thought about that comment, I'm like, No, not really. Sometimes you just gotta call a spade a spade, whatever that phrase means. And if something's bad, you gotta say it's bad. I don't think the Cowboy Bebop live action was bad, but it was definitely weird and bizarre. But we're not talking about that right now. Or are we? No, we're not. Um, I think the thing I will be talking about from episode to episode will be movies because I enjoy watching movies but you know in my previous podcast I I discovered an anime that I enjoyed and I thought man I'm going to I'm going to make this a segment I'm going to watch an episode of the anime and then every new podcast episode I'm going to have a segment talking about this anime and then by the time I recorded the next episode I hated that anime so hard I had no interest in revisiting it so it's I have issues my brain is constantly going a mile a minute and that's just how it is so I'm basically just going to be talking about whatever I want the the items of the day whatever that means maybe someone out there will like it probably everyone out there will hate it but I imagine no one will listen to this ever. And that makes me okay. That makes me comfortable. Um, I actually wrote a list of things to talk about. That's how stupid I am. Should I stop this negative self-talk? Some people don't like it, you know. I feel I struggle on social media because I love... I feel like being self-deprecating. I turn I struggle with it and I turn it into humor. And some people think it's funny. And I I realize like I know some people it's a big turnoff. They're like, "Why do you do negative self-talk?" That's just some people how some people are. And it's how some people cope. And some people turn it into real careers. Like there's a lot of comedians who are self-deprecating because it's funny. And I think if you learn to laugh at yourself and make fun of yourself, it's probably a good thing. 
I think if you do it too much, like there's a truth to every joke. If you do it too much, you probably need some help. But um, the whole social media trend of everything has to be positive, like all these quotes, I I have no use for that. Me personally, like I, I don't get off on that. Um, but a lot of people do. And I don't know. I struggle with like, I did, I posted something I thought was funny. And I posted, like, I posted a picture of myself as a young boy. And I said, when I was a kid, my mom told me I could be anything. So I decided to be sad. And one acquaintance slash friend of mine sent me a sad face. I'm like, I was joking. Like, so I, I struggle, like. People always say, like, be yourself on social media. Well, I don't know if anyone says that, but I feel like people are like, be yourself. Don't care what other people think. And then, but at the same time, I feel like you have to present yourself in a positive light. Because if, I guess it in terms of, like, employers, if they see you're social and you're down on yourself all the time, that's a bad first impression. And that that sucks, that means if you are actively yourself on social media, in public, online, you are actively decreasing your chances of, of making money, of landing gigs, of landing jobs, of being able to buy food for yourself. If you're, so the, the moral is don't be yourself. Put up a fake facade of yourself online. Be fake be positive even though it's all a lie that's my that's what i get from it anyway i've been reading a book called the slight edge and i i'm too i'm too pessimistic for this book because it's annoying the fuck out of me um a lot of people well actually i just know two people two people have recommended it not directly to me but have recommended it online like on their list of recommended reading you can get the gist of the book in 15 seconds which is do a little bit every day and you will go far that's basically the message of the book it's very repetitive it's very annoying the one thing that really irks me is that this dude he is a rich white man a rich white millionaire and he keeps doting on his daughter right and he says like she got into the university of florida or whatever like and that's the exact college that i wanted her to get into and i told her to work hard and study two hours every day while everyone else was going to parties and being unproductive i told my daughter to study two hours every day and she went far she graduated at the top of her class and I, and I don't, you know, this is my cynical, negative, realist self, but I keep going like, you are a rich white man who probably lives in a mansion and who ha- probably have servants serving you dinner. And I can't help but feel like there are poorer minority people out there who, you know, young kids who couldn't afford to go to college because their parents couldn't afford to go to college and their parents are working five jobs they themselves are working 
three jobs. Then they have to go home and take care of their three younger siblings because their parents can't do it because they're working their jobs. And I, I feel like circumstance and they, they, Jeff Olson, writer of The Slide Edge, he makes a point in the book. He's like, negative people always blame their circumstances. And I'm like, circumstances sometimes is a legit situation or legit reason that you are not able to accomplish all the goals that you want or at the rate that you want. And the whole point is, well, you don't have to make the quantum leap. You can do a little bit every day. What if you literally can't? What if you can't get hired at a high-paying job so you're making pennies and then you get home and you don't have any time or energy to commit to anything else because you have other obligations or you have a sick family member or you have a single parent or or whatever you know like i don't know and i i shouldn't say that this guy has servants or a butler because i don't know that for sure that's just me being cynical and i'm sorry for that but the book is very annoying, very repetitive, not particularly well written. But I understand the message and the message is powerful and there are a lot of truths to it. Would I recommend it? Sure. If you want to, if you have goals and you want to try to think about it in a certain way to accomplish your goals little by little. There are good messages in it. There are truths. And here I am repeating myself. But... I did get an. I am getting annoyed. I'm almost done with it. Um, no offense to Jeff Olson and all of his servants serving him um, dinner and cutting his steak for him. Let's talk about some stuff. At the end of this episode, I plan on talking about across the un- across the Spider Verse, even though I watched it a while ago, maybe a month ago. But that's going to be my attempt. We'll see how it goes. I might have very little to say about it, but we'll see. Um, First thing on my list I have is the recent uh, Nintendo Direct, which I, I, I wish I kept up better with the gaming news of the day, but this one I found out about after it happened, which is fine because I probably had work while it was happening but i'm not going to talk about everything because not everything interests me splatoon 3 you know i've tried with splatoon it's not really my thing i know i i would assume it's a huge franchise because they did make three of them um i believe square enix which i still want to pronounce square enix is making foam party or foam stars which, um, admittedly, I watched the trailer and lo- it looked pretty fun, but I- immediately people were like, um, there's ripped off Splatoon, which is not an untruth. Uh, I don't really know what the DLC is about. I don't think I own Splatoon 3. I don't know if I own Splatoon 2. You know, there is a new Princess Peach game in the works called Princess Peach Showtime, which I think looked pretty cool, looked pretty interesting, and I'm glad that she is getting her own game. And it it's theoretically and thematically, it actually 
fits in the Mario universe because she gets different abilities based on, I don't know, different suits or different costumes or whatever. And that's basically the gist of Super Mario. You know, when he gets a mushroom, he gets big. When he gets a leaf, he becomes a flying raccoon or something. When he gets a flower, he can shoot fireballs. So thematically, I think it fits in that world, but it looks interesting, looks good. I I don't like this trend that, you know, this game is coming out in 2024 and I'm recording this on September 19th, 2023. I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess patience is a virtue, right? <laughs> Um, they're having an F zero ninety nine player battle royale. I'm not very familiar with that game. Uh, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. It looks like they're have they're releasing an enhanced version, probably twenty twenty four as well. My favorite Paper Mario game I've played is Super Paper Mario on the Wii. I thought it was pretty fun, and you collect these little gerbils and each gerbil gives you a um, a different ability which now that i think of it is also on theme with super mario you know what game that i love kid chameleon you know it's never talked about never got a sequel i think there was a short comic strip about it the music is awesome and I didn't really realize at the time that it was a Super Mario clone. You know, you're you're going through the worlds and then you get these masks or whatever and you transform into a different being and you have different abilities. So certainly it's not as huge as the Super Mario franchise. But Kid Chameleon, I love. I I always buy... I'm very bad with money. And I always buy the Sega uh, compilations, and I only play Kid Chameleon. It's v- it's very bad strategically in terms of money and financially, but it's what I do because I'm me. Um, but I'm looking forward to Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. I've never played it. I never played the original on the GameCube. I never uh, owned the GameCube. I think it's the one system that I never owned of Nintendo. Recover the stolen mini Marios. I've played a few mini Marios, uh, and they're fun. You know, they're kind of puzzles, strategic, strategic puzzle games. And you know what I was thinking? I, I wonder if kids see this image of Mario and Donkey Kong, and they look angry at each other. Actually, they were enemies in the movie too, so maybe they're not going to be confused. But I think they'd be confused if they played donkey kong country because all of a sudden you're like wait a minute donkey kong is the protagonist of this game what is going on here and i don't know the game the game looks cool and the last one last games i played were on probably the ds but that's probably coming out in 2024 as well prince of persia i don't really have anything to say um super mario rpg i am looking forward to I've played a little bit of the original, not a whole lot, and I know people really love that game, but I don't have the nostalgia for it. 
Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered. I'm interested, but I don't want to full I don't want to pay full price for it. Trombone Champ I it looks fun, it looks interesting. I don't know if I want to pay 14.99 for it, but if it goes down, I will probably purchase it. Um I like rhythm games. I like it looks fun. Although I purchased Theath Rhythm, Final Fantasy Theath Rhythm, and I played it for about a few days and then stopped. Luigi's Mansion 2 looks to be fun. I've never really gotten into those games, but I know people say, I mean, that those games always top the, if you search top Nintendo whatever games, they're usually at the top of, of each platform. Not at the very top, but they're, you know, top 10, top 20. They're, they're always up there. So I'm, I want to check that one out. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay, that's all I got for the Nintendo Directo. And you might be thinking at this point, well, what's this podcast about? Is it about video games or is it about movies? I don't know what to tell you. I'm a complicated man, and by that I mean my brain won't stand still. I love video games. I love movies. I can't, I can't imagine talking about video games for long. Like, I loved Tears of the Kingdom. I played it for many, many hours. I think probably a hundred hours or more. But I can't imagine talking about how much I liked it other than saying I really love Tears of the Kingdom. That's really all I can say. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Whereas movies, I feel like you can talk about a two-hour movie for five, ten minutes, and then next episode you can talk about another movie. But I, I, I don't know how to talk about a hundred-hour experience Maybe I should maybe I should try it. I probably won't though, because I already forgot what I was trying to do. Um I accidentally exited out of Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth, which I wanted to talk about. I'm a huge Final Fantasy Seven fan, so I am excited for the upcoming Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. They recently released a, um, I guess, a date trailer. And they released the release date, which is Feb- Feb- oh my God. September, February 29th, 2024. I think most people, when previously they said, the developers said they were releasing it in winter 2023, most people were hoping for December. But it's pretty much at the very very it's the leap year tail end of winter 2023 which is december january february i think it's the last day of winter 2023 which is february 29 2024 and the trailer looks great for some reason i'm super excited for um gold saucer i don't know why i think it's just you know, Japanese RPGs, they always end up in this end-of-the-world scenario where you have to destroy the ultimate bad guy to save the world. And 
randomly in this game there is a a a theme park and that's intriguing to me and it's also fun i i like the music side note there's a there's a song by the the band oh my god it used he used to be in midtown and then oh my god now i got to look it up midtown gabe saporta and then he went to why can't i think of the god cobra starship which is has been dissolved since 2015 but there is a song on oh my god this is dead air this is terrible is it viva la cobra viva la cobra um guilty pleasure i think that's the song guilty pleasure and the guitar riff goes dun 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 dun, dun, dun. for some reason that always makes me think of gold saucer I have a feeling there is no correlation, and I'm sure the musicians of Cobra Starship don't even play Final Fantasy VII. Maybe they do. I don't think they do. I wonder if you could hear my dogs on this podcast. They are barking like a couple of motherfuckers. I love my dogs. Um... Anyway, the trailer looks great. I think I've seen it once. The first appearance of Vincent Valentine. I I used to make YouTube videos and I was I just got so annoyed with all the negative comments that I it threatened my um mental health so I had to stop. But one of the videos I made which was who will appear first, Sid or Vincent? And I I don't remember which one I chose, but I think I, pr- I, I kind of wished Sid would come first because I prefer Vincent. I think Vincent is this cool, weird, vampire-like character who lives in a... He sleeps in a coffin for Pete's sake. And I think that would have been a cool surprise, cool reveal as kind of the last thing that people are waiting for. But someone actually commented, the answer is Vincent. <laughs> someone commented on my old video, the answer is Vincent. I I, um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Not, not a negative comment. But um, so now the last character to be real, revealed is going to be Sid, which is cool. But I, I don't love Sid nearly as much as Vincent. Sid to me was just, I, I know people love him because he... He curses like a sailor, but to me, he's just kind of this older Sid man, and he's not as cool as Vincent. And I don't believe they revealed who the voice actor is for Vincent, but he comes out of the coffin and he's like, who dares disturb my slumber? And it's very cool. I've only seen the trailer once. I should watch it again and get hyped. You know, the standard version of the game is going to be i think 70 and there's a deluxe edition that comes with a couple goodies 
and there's a collector's edition with tax and shipping it's almost four hundred dollars and people were commenting like why are you charging for this up front the game's coming out in five months which is a valid complaint a valid um issue but i imagine it's because you know paying it up front really gives you a strict and legit and solid reservation of that game it's like you paid and now we're going to hold this game for you and i i'm assuming for a bunch of other people their cards are going to decline and we're like well we can't hold this game for you while your card is declining like we can't do that or we would rather not do that so we're just going to hold the game for people who can and will pay 387 or whatever it is I could not. I would love to if I had the money, but I just don't. But between Sef- between a, a statue of Sephiroth and a statue of Cloud on his Fenrir motorcycle or whatever, I would have rather had Cloud, but I, d- I don't have the money. I'm, I'm a poor-ass bitch. I'm very sad and poor, and there's not much I can do about it. But I I went for the deluxe edition, which was over a hundred bucks, and that should be fun, and I, it's something to get excited for. And I'm getting older, and I don't. Yet, there's so many games that come out, so many games, and there's a lot of indie games, which is great. There's a lot of triple A games that are great, but admittedly, as I'm getting older. I don't get excited for games anymore, Not s- certainly not as much as before. Tears of the Kingdom was a large exception. I was really excited for that, and I loved delving into that game, playing over 100 hours on it. And I'm excited for this game, but I can't imagine any other game that I'd be excited for. Um, admittedly, I started playing Final Fantasy sixteen. I was up and down on that game. And at one point, I got so annoyed by that game that I had to shut it off and play something else. It it just got really tedious. And it's like, talk to this person, talk to that person. And I know that's a big part of RPGs and, and JRPGs and video gaming. But for some reason, I got so annoyed by it. Um, so I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 15 grew on me a lot. I think I've played it the one time, but at the end, I loved it. Final Fantasy XVI, I could not finish, and I still have not finished to this day. Which is unfortunate, because the next Final Fantasy XVII game is probably going to come out 10 years from now. And i that's the thing. You don't know if you're going to like it. Um, and that's a bummer, because Final Fantasy XV came out, let's say, 2015. I don't know if it's 2015, 2016. Final Fantasy 16 came out 2023, so let's say it's a eight-year gap. Is that right? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine, twelve, thirteen. Let's say it was an eight. So you waited eight. I waited eight years for a new Final Fantasy game, and I just didn't like it, which sucks. That sucks, and there's nothing you can do about it, really. So I'm really excited for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. What's next on the list? 
Let me talk about other movies I've seen lately. I'm at the 28 minute mark. I re- I recently watched with my spouse, my wife, my betrothed, the original West Side Story from 1961. I purchased the Blu-ray. You know, my wife and I have been watching a lot of live performance, and I think it's very cool and very wonderful and very inspiring to see people perform right in front of you. It's wonderful. It started with um, Into the Woods, a musical, and then we've watched a bunch since then. We've watched Les Mis at the Pantages Theater. We watched West Side Story in Rialto. We've watched um, Hello, Dolly in Redlands. And they've all been amazing. And we saw this West Side Story like... I wouldn't expect that this small, low-budget production in Rialto, I don't know what my expectations were, but we were blown away. I'm ashamed by the way I just said blown away, because it, it felt corny to me. It felt schmaltzy, and I, I don't like that. I'm tempted to go back and, and delete that, or at least lower my inflection, and you know, pitch it, pitch shift it down and be like, we were blown away. But we were. Uh, West Side Story, it was amazing. The performers were amazing. And I know you you cannot compare the live performance to the movies. You can't and you shouldn't, but at the same time, you can't help it. Um, I encourage you to ch- to catch a live performance of anything. Go to an open mic. Um, I don't know if I would recommend stand-up because I don't particularly like the format of stand-up comedy, but if that's your thing, go for it. Um, That also can make me a little anxious, but go see a live play. Go see a live musical. Go see someone sing. Go see a live band. It's wonderful. Why, Why do I keep saying these schmaltzy things? It's I hate it. I hate myself. Um... West Side Story, the movie, it's great. It's a little slow in some parts, but I think that's what happens when you have a almost three-hour movie, maybe. I have to say, Natalie Wood, although she is a white woman, she is she's great in the role. She she was very effective, and she she almost made me forget that she was a white woman and she just plays Maria, a Puerto Rican immigrant. She's great. She even looks like she's singing and apparently she is not singing. Rita Moreno, great. Um, I found out that the guy who played Riff, who I always want to call Griff, he is the father of Amber Tamblin, who I only know from like a season of House, I think. But I was a little surprised to learn that. But the original is good. Original is really good movie, and I, I want to look at the special features because they uh, just hearing about how the the jets, how they're like 
really open and grand and arrogant and pompous and how they dance and prance around the streets like they own it because they kind of do. And then the Puerto Ricans are like closed off and rigid and tall. And just hearing about that is, is really interesting to me. And I think it'll allow me to appreciate it more. Um, I watched a movie called Unwelcome came out in 2023 i watched it on shutter by the way i my favorite podcast of all time is called we'll see you in hell and it is hosted by joe DeRosa and pat walsh and i've listened to them since 2016 i think and i like them a lot i will reference them a lot and they reviewed this this movie and I liked it, although I kind of agreed with Pat, where there are some slow patches that felt slow, uninteresting, generic. But when it gets to the good, when it gets to the goods, it gets to the goods. I recognize Hodor from Hodor, Game of Thrones, and I like the effects that they put in this because I I couldn't tell what kind of effect they did there. They kind of looked CGI, but they kind of didn't. And the effects were just interesting. And I don't know. It was fun. I think it probably could have been edited down, but I had fun with Unwelcome. I'm going to briefly talk about the... So I watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I've watched it... I believe three times at this point. The first time I was not impressed. I just didn't really like it. I couldn't get into it. You know, this stutter animation, I think it's impressive to a lot of people. It it doesn't impress me really. I read some commentaries or some reviews saying it looks like live action, but it's cgi and they're praising it but i i don't know I, I prefer the smoothness of the pixar to be honest like i've never had an issue with the smoothness of a pixar movie and i had an issue with into the spider-verse it's just it looks weird to me i it looks weird to my eyes i purchased the <laughs> so you might be wondering why would you purchase the movie if you didn't like it i I don't have a good answer for that. I, I I have a problem. It sounded like my voice was about to break there, like I was going to cry, and I can't say that that's not true. Um, so I purchased the 4K a while back. I watched it a second time, and I felt similarly. I'm like, you know, this movie is just not for me. I don't know why. I am a huge Spider-Man fan ever since Tobes started it in like 2001. I love that first Spider-Man movie. It's one of my first one of my favorite movies of all time. Um I don't know how much time we have. I I don't have to well I was not happy when they replaced Tobes with Andrew Garfield, but I have grown to accept Andrew Garfield and especially in the No Way Home, he really shined. He outshined Tobes. Tobes seemed like an old man. And um, Tom, 
Wellington. What's his name? Spider-Man Thomas. Why would his name be... Why would his name be Spider-Man Thomas? Tom Hanks? Um, Tom... Tom Thomerson? Oh my god. Yeah, click on the Spider-Man Wikipedia. That'll... that'll... Tom Holland. I think he's good in the role. I just... I can't help but impose my... My love of Toby compared to Tom Holland. And I don't like that Tom Holland... Like, I know that Spider-Man in the comics, he's a kid. I get that. But I just like... Uh, Toby Maguire hit me in, the, in that right spot. Like, right in high school with, like, Destiny and figuring out all his shit. So now, as an older man, seeing Spider-Man as a kid, I'm like... Eh, you know what I mean? But I know that's I know that's my own problem. Anyway. What are we talking about? So Into the Spider-Verse, I watched it a third time in preparation of Spider-Man Across the Universe, which you know, I don't I don't think I like the fact that the only difference in the titling is a preposition. That's going to get really confusing real fast. But I finally enjoyed the movie because, I don't know, I kind of let... Sometimes that happens with me. The first time I watched Interstellar, I did not like it. It was very slow and boring to me. And after the and the second time and subsequent viewings of Interstellar, I've loved the movie. It's really epic and I really like it a lot. Um, this third viewing of Into the Spider-Verse, I just liked it as an epic adventure movie. Um, I like that it's a coming-of-age movie. You know, the all these movies like Star Wars and so many movies follow this same hero's journey, but they're effective. You know, you have this kid and he's trying to accomplish this goal and he has his struggles and then he has this mentor figure who spoiler alert dies and then he kind of transforms him him into the hero that he becomes at the end of the movie and i finally liked it i felt like it was just a fun um adventure movie and a coming of age movie and you know i even liked um, something is stopping me from liking Jake Johnson. I, I don't know what it is. I, but I, I liked him. I liked it. I liked his character, um, in, into the Spider-Verse. He's kind of, he's kind of a loser and he's kind of a washed up dude. And I relate to that. I relate to that characterization, um, of Spider-Man. And, and I liked his voice work. So I I don't know why it took me three viewings to like Into the Spider-Verse, but finally I did. Now, Across the Spider-Verse, I admittedly I did find myself, I watched it at home, I bought the 4K. I, I was distracted 
whilst watching the movie. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's because we live in a world with many, many distractions. And I always grab my phone and my mind's going a million miles a minute. So that's why. So, I mean, you you maybe could argue, well, if the phone was interesting to you or captivating, then you wouldn't feel the need to look at your phone. Or maybe my brain's so messed up that I'm just easily distracted. I, I don't know, but... You know, I didn't love Across the Spider-Verse, but maybe it's going to take me two or three viewings to like it. There were a few hero moments which I, I did like. You know, that to open the movie with Gwen, I felt was a little weird. But um, I liked the part towards the end of her sequence when she's like spidering around um, catching that helicopter. That was cool. There were a few hero moments like when um, Miles Morales was on that spaceship, I guess. And he's about to Venom strike. Um, what's his face? Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I don't know. I I didn't love the movie, but I thought it was. I probably should watch it again. Um. You know, I I just sorry. There was a long pause right there. I should probably go back and edit that out, but I'm not going to. There was a um, you know, the long sequence in the in the Indian Spider Verse. I just felt sometimes I felt lost. Sometimes I felt like there was so, so much going on that you not only it's not only hard to follow, you you almost lose the motivation to want to follow. Your brain is just like so tired, you know, like, I, I I, don't know if I can handle this, but I don't know if I want to handle this. And that's when I started to grab my phone. Like, I think I would rather just doom scroll on some social media app than watch this movie, which, again, is my problem and no one else's. Um, and I, I, I should watch it again and w- Maybe my, I think my opinion will change because I, I don't think I gave it its fair shake when I did watch it, but it did, you know, Jason Schwartzman, I've never liked him. Sometimes you can't help but shake your first impression of someone, even though I've never met this dude and I will never meet this dude. But I remember one I had a college acquaintance who told me once that, you know, he's a, he's a Coppola. And I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? He's like, oh, he's, he's like this, he's related to Francis Ford Coppola. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Like, well, that, and I, I can't help but shake it. Like, um, I, like, is that why he's successful? Is that how he got his break? I, I don't know. And 
you know, I didn't part I didn't particularly like his character or his voice work. It was just kind of a generic annoying dude. I also thought it was weird how the main crux of the movie is is this weird like it's like really really meta and they're like all of all of you spider-mans have had a mentor die and then oscar isaac is like it has to happen it's part of fate it's part of destiny and it's like taking a look outside of the universe and seeing this pattern is like this is every spider-man it's it's part of it's it's how you become who you're destined to become and miles is like i don't i don't agree with that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just let my dad die even though that's what happens in canon and that's what happens in the game spoiler alert so that's interesting and then they kind of i don't know if shoehorn is the right word but they kind of squeeze in like well we also need a main villain so let's introduce this spot character who is not intimidating not scary and i know he's increasing his power because he is able to transport to different dimensions um but i don't know um so that's going to be weird that that'll be interesting how that resolves and you know at the end of the movie they have this kind of heroic shot with um gwen um what's the right word not collecting like organizing these other spider-men other spider people um what's it called where's the plot some um so she assembles assembles a a team consisting of peter b mayday who i don't know who that is pavatir who i don't know who that is hobie who i think is played by daniel kaluuya um margot kess who oh she's like the hologram spider-man noir who's nick cage didn't voice but he appears penny parker and spider ham so i guess it'll be interesting how this movie resolves how the next movie will resolve and you know i looked at the box office so like if you look at into the spider-verse it grow budget 90 million box office 384 million and then across the spider-verse budget 100 million box office 689 i was like i was happy for them i was happy for this franchise i was happy for spider-man because i'm a fan of spider-man i'm also excited for spider-man 2 the video game coming out next month i don't i guess there is a special edition but it's only through through playstation and it's like over 200 bucks so no thank you for now um I'm a big fan of the character. I only became a big char- uh, fan after Tobes. I wasn't that much of a fan as a kid, but I'm, I'm happy for this franchise. I, you know, I didn't love the movie, but I I will have to give it another go. 
um, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller. I know they're kind of big deals in animation these days. So uh, that's really all I have to say about Across the Spiders. I, I feel like it's kind of a non-review of the movie, which is unfortunate, but that's kind of me. That's I am nothing. I am nobody. Like from Kingdom Hearts, I'm not even a shadow. I'm a nobody. Just empty. My heart, like I don't have a heart. I'm devoid of of a heart and all emotion i have no energy i basically don't exist anyway that's all i have to say um thank you for listening um i hope you are doing well if you have a goal in this life figure out what your goal is and do a little bit each day as per the slight edge and um you know if you have a stake go over to a Steak Ol uh J <laughs> Jeff Olson's house and have your steak cut by their servants. Um thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me. <laughs>